wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? The Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio, December 16th, 2014. I'm your host, Bleacher Report, featured columnist Graham Jason Matthews. So much going on in the world of wrestling right now. We're going to be talking about here today, Monday Night Raw last night, TLC from Sunday night, NXT TakeOver Our Revolution from last Thursday night, lot to dissect here on tonight's show. Um, we're going to be doing a different format than usual. I'll be talking about NXT TakeOver to kick off the show. But a little bit later on, I'll be airing the audio that I recorded with my roommate, Connor the Casual, as I call him. But um, he's a casual viewer of the product. We watched TLC together this past Sunday night on the WWE Network for only, say along with me, $9.99. And had a really good time doing it. We're going to be uh, talking about it a little later on in the show to not only get my thoughts on it, but his thoughts on it as well from a casual fan perspective. But, um, yeah, it's going to be coming up a little bit later on in the show. But kicking it off, though, like I said before, NXT TakeOver, our revolution from this past Thursday night on the WWE Network. Um, for me, one of the most highly anticipated, if not the most highly anticipated special from NXT to date. And it definitely did not disappoint. I thought it definitely lived up to the hype. And being the best, by far, live special that they've put on the WWE Network up to this point. But kicking off the show, though, or even before that, actually, it was Corey Graves um, announcing his in-ring retirement from the ring on the pre-show panel, along with Renee Young, Alex Riley, and Tensai, now known as, um, what's his name now, Matt Bloom, I think his name, or uh, whatever the fuck is, <laughs> I can't remember what his name is right now, for the life of me. But um, yeah, Corey Graves, former NXT standout, who has been absent from the ring for the last uh, maybe six, seven, eight months now, I think it was, I can't remember for the... I think it might have been back in April that he was in a match on NXT. I can't remember exactly right now. But, uh, yeah, uh, due to concussions, he will be retiring from the ring, which is um, very disappointing to hear. I was a big Corey Graves fan. You can play as him in WWE 2K15, the video game, which is pretty cool. I still have yet to get that, hopefully, for Christmas. But um, still, though, it's pretty disappointing to hear that Corey Graves will no longer be an in-ring regular in NXT, but rather a commentator. So at least they found a role for him on WWE, NXT TV, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, like I said before, there was a lot of potential, a lot of untapped potential there with Corey Graves. Um, I started watching NXT, the you know what it is now. I started watching it NXT in general when it was a competition show when it first started back in 2010. But um, when it started to become the developmental program, I watched a little bit in the summer of 2012. I don't think Corey Graves was around that point. And in the time that I wasn't watching from the summer of 2012 to the summer of 2013, that whole um, year period, I heard a lot of great stuff about Corey Graves, and I got into his character when I started watching during the summer of 2013 when he was doing the whole tag team with Adrian Neville and whatever else. And um, it was really kind of when he turned heel a little later on in the year when he turned on Adrian Neville and he barked on a singles career he didn't, you know, go after the world championship or anything, but I thought his matches with Neville and especially Sami Zayn a little bit later on I thought were stellar. And um, uh, like I said before, I thought he had, he really had a lot of untapped potential. And a lot of people have called him kind of a hybrid of Jeff Hardy and CM Punk. I can absolutely see that. I'm not going to say that he was going to be the next CM Punk or Jeff Hardy. But with both those individuals currently gone from the company, he could have he could have filled that role pretty well. So um, I thought he was a really good talker, which is great why he's a commentator now. It's a very good role for him. But he was also very solid in the ring as well. And some people who don't have the, um, you know, who don't currently watch in NXT or, you know, haven't seen him in the ring as of late. And if you've only gotten to NXT just recently, you could probably go back in the network. I don't know how long it goes back until, but I know his matches with Sami Zayn and um, with those guys, Adrian Neville, are on the WWE Network from earlier this year if you want to check it out. But um, still, though, was a big Corey Graves fan. Glad to see him sticking around, but it does suck to hear that he will be having to hang up his boots for good in favor of a commentary career. But it is great for him to maintain that presence on NXT TV as a commentator. So I'm looking forward to seeing how his commentating career goes. But um, kicking off the actual show, though, was the debut of Kevin Owens, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Kevin Steen. So I've been a fan of Kevin Steen since his ROH days. I'm not talking about, like, 
back in, you know, 2011, 2012, whatever. I'm only talking about only a couple of months ago when I first started watching Ring of Honor. And, um, you know, in the few months that I watched it, I don't really watch it much nowadays. I just don't have the time. But when I did watch it over the summer, I think the first match of his that I did see was with maybe um, Okada, maybe I want to say. It might have been with someone else. But it was at the War of the Worlds pay-per-view from... May from earlier this year, and I thought that was great. But um, I instantly became a fan of Kevin Owens from that point forward, and I thought he did a very good job, um, you know, in his time in ROH from the time that I watched him. So that being said, I was very excited to see him debut in WWE, and he did just that this past Thursday at the R Revolution, um, R Evolution, I guess I, could, I should say, the NXT Live Special. And we talked about it here live on the show last week on how he would debut, whether it would be in the main event, and he did have an impact in the main event. I'll get to that in a little bit or whether it would be in an in-ring segment or in a match itself. Initially, I was down on the idea of him being involved in a debut match, if only because, you know, he's a main event player, he's, you know, a big name, they shouldn't have him debut in just a random throwaway match, and then not feature him for the rest of the night. And they did do that at first in a match with C.J. Parker, which I thought was very good. I'm not the biggest C.J. Parker fan, but the guy is very good in the ring, and him and uh, Kevin Owens had a very stiff matchup, lots of blood and bleeding and cuts and whatever else, a lot of high-flying, high-octane maneuvers, as uh, JR would say. But um, still, though, I thought the match itself was a very good way of kicking off the show. Great first look at Kevin Owens for anyone that hasn't seen him before, and I'm positive that probably 80%, um, close to 80% of the NXT viewers not only, you know, watching worldwide on the WWE Network, but also in the arena that night. They obviously knew who Kevin Owens was. Got a huge response when he first came out for his match. So um, I thought it was a great way of kicking off the evening. Very fun match from Parker and uh, Owens. And of course, like I said before, it would not be the last time that we would see Kevin Owens on this show. So up next, we have the NXT Tag Team titles up for grabs with the Lucha Dragons defending against the Vaude Villains. And um, the match itself was really nothing special. I thought it was okay for what it was. It wasn't anything too great. Um, definitely a, a step above, many steps above, the Ascension Squash matches that we got months upon months upon months in NXT. So at least the Tag Team division is doing better right now. It's not as great as it could be, but um, at least they're adding more tag teams on a regular basis, which is great to see. I am a fan of the Lucha Dragons, not so much the Vaude Villains. I think they are both good acts. I'm not like a bigger fan of one than I am of the other. I do enjoy both acts, though. And they did have a very good match on the show. I mean, I don't want to say it was the worst match in the show. I mean, there was a Baron Corbin squash match after all. But, um, I mean, I guess it was the most lackluster. But even that, I mean, it's hard to say, like, who is, who is the worst member of the Shield? You know what I mean? Like, they're all equal in their own way. Like, they were all great. So it's really hard to say. It's like saying which of your kids is your least favorite, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of a stretch, but still, though, um, I didn't really have a problem with this match. I thought it was good. It just didn't obviously stand out as much as the other matches did on this show, and especially the other tag team match, which I'll get to in a second. But before that, we had a Baron Corbin squash match, like I said before, squashing Ty Dillinger. Um, on the topic of Ty Dillinger, just want to mention this briefly. I am a Ty Dillinger fan. Um, I do remember him back in his Gavin Spears days, if anyone can recall that, back in his... Uh, um, in, in his ECW days, WWE's version, obviously back in like 09, maybe five years ago, and the guy, or maybe I think it was 08 actually, and the guy was unceremoniously released. But um, I, I do think he's a very good in-ring talent. On his own, I think he can be something. So I'm hoping that this squash match, I mean, obviously he was squashed, you know, in 30, 40 seconds, but um, I'm hoping that this, you know, match kind of signifies a star of a singles career for Tyler Dillinger because I think he has a lot of untapped potential that they're not really getting into in his tag team with Jason Jordan. Nothing against that tag team. Some people have called it the modern incarnation of the world's greatest tag team with Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. I wouldn't go that far, but I do think it's a good tag team, though. Um, but still, and I know the NXT tag team division needs more teams, but I do think that Ty Dillinger can make more of an impact on his own than he can in that team. They've been around. Jason Jordan and Ty Dillinger have been around in NXT you know, as a unit. For the last maybe eight months now, I can remember it was either before or after WrestleMania that those two debuted in NXT. And it was right around that time, and it's been a long time since WrestleMania, obviously. So they need to start doing something with them, or otherwise just scrap the tag team because they're just a bunch of jobbers paired together, so there's really no point. But um, on the actual match itself, like I said before, it lasted all of 30, 40 seconds over very quick, uh, fairly quickly. Um, Baron Corbin obviously coming up victorious there, and they showed Bull Dempsey in the crowd, so they're obviously building to an eventual stare-down, uh, an eventual clash of the titans between Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey, which is cool to see. I was very fearful they were going to give away that match on this live special. I mean, it would have been cool, but that's kind of a match where both guys are currently undefeated. They're both 
forces to be reckoned with. That needs to be a big match. And they only started this feud all of two or three weeks ago, maybe in NXT. So it would have been way too soon to give it away on the live special. So I'm glad they held off on it. I don't know if they'll wait until the next live special. That may not be for another three or four months. I don't know if I can wait that long and throw another three or four months of Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey squash matches. Because, I mean, Baron Corbin, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the guy. I know he really hasn't done much, obviously. But, um, you know, from his initial appearance in NXT, he got a big reaction from the Full Sail crowd. And I think he can be a big star in that organization, brand, whatever you want to call it. I know it's a developmental territory. But I do think he can be a big star down there if they handle the push correctly. I can probably see a brighter future for him than Bull Dempsey, even though I do like Bull Dempsey. I think that some people don't give him the credit he deserves. I'm not saying he's going to be the next world champion or something, but um, I do think he is pretty good in the ring. On the mic, he's come a long way in the last couple of months. But um, still, though, I do look forward to the eventual matchup between Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey. I do like also, like I said before, that they are taking their time with it, not rushing into it like they probably could have on this live show. And even still, I mean, with all the other great stuff we got on this show, it probably would have been overshadowed anyway, so it probably was for the best. So from there, we go into the tag team match. Hideo Itami and Finn Balor taking on the Ascension. Um, a very good matchup. I thought this was better than the tag team title matchup. Everyone in this matchup shined, but especially Finn Balor, a.k.a. the former Prince Devitt. Um, so speaking of Prince Devitt, coming out for his entrance, you know, showing the old face paint, the whole body paint, actually, the whole Venom face paint, or what is very similar to the Venom face paint. I thought that was awesome. I mean, I'm not even a huge indie wrestler fan. I mean, I do obviously go to indie events, but I don't follow these guys on the independent scene. I did not see much, if much at all, of uh, Hideo Itami, a.k.a. Kenta, or Fimbalor, a.k.a. Prince Devitt's work before they got to the WWE. I've just been following them since they debuted in the last couple of months. So, that being said, I was very... I, I thought, you know, even for me, like, the, the point I'm trying to make is that even for me as a casual viewer... For the independent scene, I guess you could say, for a guy that really hasn't followed the career of Prince Devitt and Hideo Itami, a.k.a. Kenta, past NXT, even I thought it was a very special moment when he came out with the body paint. And a lot of people have been thinking, will it be an oncurring thing? Will it be, you know, here, is it here to stay, only for the live specials? Um, from what I've heard, I don't read the spoilers, but I did read somewhere that he did not come out with the body paint for the NXT tapings for the next couple of weeks, uh, going into 2015. So it does look like there were not there. He will not be uh, sporting the body paint for the next couple of weeks, which I'm okay with. I, I think it's um, it would mean more if he held off on the body paint for the live specials like he did here. So, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that it was really really cool how we came out with that body paint, made for an awesome moment, and um, the crowd definitely reacted accordingly. And speaking of such too, Kenta also had his moment to shine. He to Iwatami, that is when he went for the GTS, and the roof almost came off that bitch. I thought it was amazing. And I didn't catch it the first time. I thought my my, my whole timeline was blowing up over it. And um, I was freaking out why I didn't see it. But when I did go back and watch the show um, for a second time a little later on, it was that great of a show, people. Um, I did catch it. I thought it was really, really funny how the crowd almost came unglued when he hit that GTS. And for those that are unfamiliar, that was Kenta's finishing maneuver back over in Japan. So, um, and CM Punk kind of stole it from him when he came to the WWE, and Daniel Bryan also stole his flying knee. So, um, I thought that was really cool that Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami, busted that out here in his match against Victor and, and, and Connor, the Ascension, collectively. So, I thought that was really cool. I don't know if it's going to be a regular thing going forward, or if he's just going to keep on teething the GTS before he eventually hits it. I think that could be awesome, but I would also not have a problem if they do not go that route, and instead... It was just kind of a one-off thing for the live special, just kind of to add something special to this matchup instead of, you know, having it become a regular thing. I'd be fine with that, but either way, I thought that was awesome. So needless to say, Hideo Itami and Fimbalor come out victorious. Good win for them. I would not at all have a problem with these two sticking together for the foreseeable future. Um, I do enjoy the unit of Fimbalor and Hideo Itami. I think Hideo Itami does not have... I mean, like I said before, both are great, and RJ and I talked about this last week, but I do think that... Tommy Belor and Owens all have great potential in WWE, though I do think Finn Belor comes off like more of a star right now than Hideo Tommy. Maybe it's because he has better mic skills. I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint. But um, you know, even coming out with the body paint, he did. He just came off with that feeling that this guy is a star. To someone that didn't even follow his indie work, he comes off like a star, which is great to see. So I would not have a problem with Hideo Tommy um, teaming with Finn Belor for the foreseeable future. Maybe go after the tag team titles. Um, a match between them and the Lucha Dragons would be kick-ass, so I would be all for that if they end up going that route. But if they break up and they go their separate um, singles careers, they go their separate ways, 
I'd be all for that too. So whatever they do with these guys, I'm all for it. And the Ascension, by the way, is also main roster bound. And we've talked about it here on the show for months upon months upon months. Um, there's a clip on the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, Graham Jason Matthews, if you want to check it out, of me talking about the Ascension coming to the main roster. There were rumors of it you know, dating back a year or two ago when they were supposed to come up. So I'm glad to see it's finally happening. Their recent vignettes on Raw and SmackDown have not gotten the ravest of reviews, if that's even a word. But um, they come off very LOD-ish, um, very Legion of Doom-ish. And I understand that, very Demolition-ish. Um, I've been a fan of the Ascension. They're not the most exciting tag team, obviously. But um, that being said, I am a fan of them. I do think they are very good wrestlers in the ring. Their gimmick, of course, is not for everyone. So I do understand that, anyone, that for anyone that finds them boring or unentertaining, I very much understand where you're coming from. But um, at this point in time, the WWE Tag Team Division can need... It could get all the help it, it needs right now. And the NXT Tag Team Division will be fine. They will always keep on adding more teams. But um, the Ascension has been down there for close to two and a half years now. It was far and beyond time for them to be called up, so I'm glad to see them on the main roster. When that will be? Um, probably in the very near future. I don't, there really hasn't been any um, exact date set in stone for when these guys are going to be making their debut, but I would imagine probably on the cusp of 2015, maybe around the Royal Rumble time, maybe they debut in that matchup. Only time will tell, but still, though, on that note, I do look forward to the Ascension making their eventual main roster debut. So up next, we had the NXT Women's Championship up for grabs. Charlotte defending against Sasha Banks. Nothing short of an excellent match from these two. Just putting the main roster divas to shame. And, I mean, when I say that, I mean, really mean no offense to the main roster women. Um, I say that every single time. Just to clarify, like when I talk about that on Twitter and whatever else, girls like AJ, Paige, Naomi, Summer Rae, even Layla, there's so much great talent, so much great in-ring talent on the main roster right now. It's not their fault that they're not getting more time. It's more so of the fact that how they're booked and the presentation of the Divas and how people just automatically just don't care because they've been neglected for so long. They just have this mindset like, mm, don't really care. And I mean, the current feud between Nikki and AJ, which we'll get to when I do my review with Connor of TLC in a little bit, um, we didn't really actually talk about that because he wasn't there to watch that match, and I did. I thought it was an okay match. But um, the, even the feud between AJ and Bree and, and Nikki right now, that whole bullshit storyline, they still yet to explain why Bree and Nikki are back together, which annoys me to no end. But, um, you know, the presentation of the Divas right now is not great. Nobody really cares about the feud between AJ and Nikki. I like those two. I think they're both very great in their roles. More so Nikki, honestly enough. I mean, I know that's kind of shocking to say because I'm a big AJ fan, but I think Nikki has been playing her role as the vindictive heel to perfection over the last couple of months. AJ, she's not really the sympathetic babyface that she was a couple of years ago before she turned heel at TLC, two years ago today, to be exact. Um, hopefully she can get back to that point. She comes off like CM Punk light to me, which is fine at some points. Like, she cuts good promos and whatever else. But, you know, going back to what I was saying before, you compare the NXT rookies, I mean, I put that in quotation marks, um, those women to the divas on the main roster, there's no comparison to how they're presented. The divas, the women, I guess I should say, on the NXT roster are presented in a much more positive, much more important light than they are on the main roster. It's just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Like, they were presented, uh, their match was the second-to-last match on this show. And I did read someone say in the review of the show shortly thereafter that the women could possibly main event one of these NXT live specials. I don't know about that. I mean, I'd be all for it. I, I, don't, I would be absolutely all for it. I don't know how likely it is, though. Um, that being said, maybe. I don't know about the next one, because it looks like Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens is on tap for the next live special, and that's absolutely going to take precedence. But um, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky Lynch, even um, for the four women that they have, they're really making the most of it. I know they also have Emma and Alexa Bliss and whoever else. But those are the four women that are shining right now, and they have how many women on the main roster? Twelve, maybe, and they're not even having an, an exciting division. It's amazing what they can make out of only four women on their roster, for the most part. Like I said, there's Alexa, there's uh, there's Emma, kind of. I know she's the main roster, whatever, but she does make regular appearances. Carmella, even. But, you know, of those four women, they're really making the most out of it, and it definitely showed in this match. I thought it was a great match. Um, what was the best match of all the women's matches on these live specials? Like I said before, they've all been excellent, so it's really hard to compare, and I'm not going to attempt to do so here. But um, I will say that these both these ladies put forth a strong effort here. Charlotte, surprisingly coming out on top and retaining her NXT Women's Championship. Everyone thought, myself included, RJ as well. We talked about it last week on the NXT Our Evolution preview show. 
in regards to the Sasha winning the championship on the show. It did not come to fruition. I am not at all disappointed by that. I am all for Charlotte keeping that title for the time being. I hope Bailey will be the one to take the title off her. We'll have to wait in time in due time. But um, Triple H mentioned in a press conference, some kind of conference call last week, that it appears that Charlotte, I mean, he was kind of talking about how he didn't come out and directly say it, but it was kind of implied that he was not a fan of how Charlotte was presented in her debut match on Monday Night Raw at the Slammy Awards last week, and I absolutely agree with him. We talked about it here on the show last week. But um, that being said, he kind of talked about and hinted that Charlotte, when she's on TV six months from now, that the, that the casual main roster fans or the hardcore fans, whatever, aren't going to remember that. Now, although I disagree with that, I... The, the fact that he said that Charlotte won't be on TV for the next six months was a little bit more of um, a sign to me that she won't be on TV anytime soon. And I mean, had you told me a couple of months ago, should Charlotte be on TV right now? Absolutely not. I was absolutely against it because I didn't think she was ready. Uh, I, I As of right now, I mean, I would have no problem with her sticking around in NXT for the time being. I think Sasha is more main roster ready than Charlotte, although if both go up tomorrow, they wouldn't be out of place because they're both excellent. But, um, I mean, that being said, they probably want to stay down there anyway so they can get longer matches like here. And, like, with Paige and Emma. I mean, Paige, at this point in 2014, became a two-time Divas champion. But her matches with AJ got all of, what, four or five minutes? The matches on these shows, which are only two hours, by the way. The pay-per-views are three. The NXT Live specials are only two. They got close to, what, maybe 15 minutes on the show, which I thought was awesome. But, um, still, though, I really have no problem with Charlotte being captain NXT for right now. Six months from now, I don't necessarily agree with that. She could be on the main roster, maybe by WrestleMania season, maybe right afterwards like Paige was. Only time will tell, but I look forward to that anyway. So uh, we get to the main event. Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville for the NXT Championship. Hands down, I mean, I know this is a bold statement, but this very well might be my favorite match of 2014. And I'm talking about, I don't watch like the independents, like I said before. I don't watch New Japan or Chikara or whatever else. Hardly even Ring of Honor. Um, of WWE and especially of TNA. I mean, that goes without saying for, for TNA. But um, I might this very well might be my favorite match of 2014. I mean, I was making the list yesterday, and I'm probably going to do a Bleacher Report article in the upcoming future, in the, in the very near future. And uh, the Shield versus the Wyatt family is on there, the Shield versus Evolution, Daniel Bryan versus Batista and Orton in the main event of WrestleMania. And I mean, all those moments and matches were amazing and all, but everything about this match was perfect. There was nothing about this match that stuck out to me that stood out to me as being a flaw. This was an absolute flawless matchup, if there ever was one, from the build-up to the atmosphere to the people involved. I mean, it, maybe you can credit the referee bumps there being two of them as a flaw. I didn't really see it that way. I didn't really see it as being much of a problem. I didn't really have much of a problem with it at all. But um, if anything, I thought it added to the matchup, especially when Sami Zayn almost hit Adrian Neville with the title. You saw the whole crowd going, no, I was going no, watching at home on the WWE Network on my laptop. Um, I thought that might be the moment where they turned Sami Zayn heel. I mean, I had flashbacks to WrestleMania 17 where they did something similar with Austin. So I was hoping they didn't go that route. They wouldn't go that route, and they didn't, thankfully. But um, even the tease of it I thought was awesome because this whole build has been around Sami Zayn being desperate to win that NXT championship. And Adrian Neville came very close on several occasions to retaining his title that there were a lot of awesome near falls. No interference from Kevin Owens. We'll get to him in a second. But um, Sami Zayn setting up for the Yaku, uh, from the Haluva kick, I think it's what it's called. I mispronounce it all the time. You know, it, it had that feel from the look on his face. He wiped his face. It looked like this is the moment. You can feel it in the fans. You can feel it in Sami Zayn's eyes. You can sense it. This is it. This is a moment that we've been waiting a year and a half for since Sami Zayn's debut on NXT. Hits the Haluba kick, gets the 1-2-3, place comes unglued, new NXT champion crowned. Love the post-match celebration. Like I said, everything about this was so freaking amazing. And I mean, it's amazing because RJ and I were talking about this a couple of days ago when I talked to him about this show, that it, it is absolutely asinine, absolutely mind-boggling to me that WWE's own competition is their own developmental territory. Like last night on Raw, there was a lot of NXT chants during one of the matches. I think it might have been the New Day versus Golden Stardust, and I absolutely do not blame the, the, the Detroit crowd for chanting that, if only because it's true. NXT is so much better booked. And I know you can credit, oh, it's an hour show, it's nothing like the main roster, but it's not even about the time and whatever else. 
it's the storyline techniques, and I don't know who's on creative. I know Triple H is in charge. I know it's like his baby, but just everything about this matchup, everything about the show I thought was great. There was really nothing that stood out to me as being bad. If anything, everyone, every everything on this show ranged from either good to absolutely phenomenal. And that's what I thought this main event was. The match I thought was stellar. And I mean, of course, the match may be on par with the match quality of Shield and Wyatt family or Daniel Bryan versus Batista in order, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, both of those WrestleMania 30 matches. And I mean, granted, I know you can say that Daniel Bryan also had that kind of, you know, that um, that build as well that people waited a long time. But even then, Daniel Bryan's build went from SummerSlam of 2013 to WrestleMania. So give or take eight or nine months. Sami Zayn's road to redemption is what they've called it. His road to the NXT Championship has been going on since his, this guy debuted in the, on the company, in, in the company on NXT. Since he first faced Cesaro, his very first night in. From the time that he came up short against Bo Dallas for the NXT Championship a year ago. From the time he lost to Cesaro at a rival. From the time he lost to Tyler Breeze. From the time he lost to the Fatal 4-Way. The consistent booking with this guy. I don't know if it was ever planned from the start or what, if it just happened to fall this way. But, I mean, I don't know. It just made for one hell of a moment. I've gone back and watched it at least a dozen times in the last few days since I recorded this. As I recorded this, uh, in the last five days I've watched it. I mean, I get goosebumps every single time. It was just so great. But afterwards, anyway, Kevin Owens comes out, or the entire roster comes out. They celebrate with Sami Zayn, made for an awesome moment. Picked up on something because I did go back and watch the first ever Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville matchup from NXT. Um, in NXT, not unlike the indie scene. It was from about a year ago. It was number one contenders match for the NXT title. Adrian Neville won that match. And afterwards, Sami Zayn kicked out Adrian Neville's hand and then hugged him. Much like Adrian Neville did here. So I don't know if that was intentional or what. And if it was, kudos to them. Two thumbs up. I thought it was awesome. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I thought that was great, but the roster clears out. Sami Zayn gets his moment with the NXT title. Kevin Owens comes back out. He was the first one to hug Sami Zayn, also the last one too, before he left. But um, as they're walking back up the ramp, the logo comes on a screen. A lot of people, RJ included, he was telling me about it, how he turned off the show before he could see this happen. And then Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens out of nowhere, lays out a vicious clothesline of Sami Zayn and delivers and just a mind-blowing powerbomb to him. On the uh, on the side of the ring at ringside, it was freaking insane. It looked like it hurt like hell, and um, just a great finish to an amazing show. Everyone saw this coming. I mean, we talked about this last week, and that we thought Kevin Owens would have some sort of say, some kind of play, some sort of factor in the finish of the NXT title match. Thankfully, he did, and they saved it until afterwards. But even then, I mean, it wasn't like he debuted here. He debuted early on in the night, so that gave people the impression like, oh, I mean, he did what he needed to do for the night. He had his match. He's done. He'll come out for an appearance later on in the night. So I thought that was it. So when he turned heel, even though we all saw it coming a couple of days prior in advance, it still shocked the hell out of me. I thought that was like, that was an oh, baby boy moment if there ever was one. Um, so I thought that was great. What a great finish to the show. It gives something uh, for viewers to look forward to, if that was the first NXT show they've ever tuned into, hopefully it wasn't. Hopefully you've been watching for long enough, because um, I don't know how you haven't been. NXT's been consistently amazing for the last year and a half now, but um, I mean, even since it joined the network back in February, NXT has been the show to watch all of 2014 long. It's the most consistently entertaining program in WWE, in wrestling, in my opinion. Lucha Underground is also up there. I think that's a great program that also got started about two months ago or so, <clears throat> but NXT, the build-up to everything about the live special thing is great, so I give that live special two thumbs up, uh, I thought it was an A-plus worthy show, absolutely go back and watch it if you haven't already on the WWE Network, uh, miles better than the TLC pay-per-view, which we'll get to in a minute, but um, this you know blew that show out of the water, and I mean, like I said before, it's amazing to me that WWE's own competition is their own developmental territory, and those chants for NXT last night on Raw were absolutely deserved. I thought it was hilarious. But um, speaking of TLC, we'll get into that right now with my with my roommate Connor the Casual, like I called him before, uh, Scrub Lord, as he called himself during the broadcast during our podcast. Um, we talk all about TLC. He's only been watching wrestling with me for the last three or four months since we first came back to campus for our sophomore year of college, and he's been watching on and off. We watch Raw together at some point. We've watched the pay per views. We watch Night of Champions. We watch Hell in the Cell. Um, he watched Survivor Series on his own, and we watched TLC this past Sunday on the WWE Network. Had a very fun time watching it, and um, I thought it'd be interesting to get his thoughts on the show from a casual fan perspective and seeing um, what he thought of the show from his eyes. So 
We'll get into that right now. Enjoy. Not signing out an official audio recorder, Wemmer style. We're just doing this like amateurs with my iPhone. Not doing it in the version that, uh, not going to do it with his technique of holding it back and forth and just think it's pointless. So what are we going with here? Connor the casual? We're going with Connor? Because technically you are a casual viewer, but it depends what you want to go with here. Because I know you don't, I, I know you look at the casual name like discriminatory, so. Call me Scrublord. Scrublord? Scrublord. Okay, we'll go with, with, with is Connor the Scrublord or just Scrublord? Either one. Scrublord kind of sounds funnier. Scrublord? Okay, Mr. Scrublord. So, we started off the pay-per-view. I actually, because uh, when I started it, Heidi was still here, so I was trying to, I had fucking problems with my computer, so we only got to watch like three quarters of the opening match and not the entire thing, but still though. Opening match, Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper. Ladder match, Intercontinental Championship. Hellacious way to kick off the show, okay? So we got to watch the first, like, three quarters of his, or last three quarters of it. Um, but anyway, Zigzag, the Zigzag Man coming out victorious, new champion crowned. From a casual perspective, I know you don't like the Connor the Casual nickname, so I'll go with Scrub Lord. What were your thoughts in the opening matchup from TLC? Uh, I thought it was really awesome. I mean, uh, the ladders. Yes. Is that, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, ladder match, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of ladder matches. I mean, Indeed. I just started watching this past fall, so I mean, I think it was, um, I think it was really, the first one, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting to see how the the tables, ladders, and chairs, and the stairs played in. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, the stairs. Oh my god, <laughs> I got, the stairs match was just amazing. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was that was like the first time I had ever seen like, one of the, would you call them like props or weapons? Weapons, props, yeah, same yeah, thing. Uh, All in the, the same. First time I've ever seen weapons used in a match, and I, I was not disappointed. I was very pleased. That was a hell of a way to kick off the show, too, with all the abuse they took of those fucking ladders going back yeah, and forth and all the other shit. One of them started bleeding. Yeah, I think I think both of them started bleeding at one point. Cause I think, who, got, who got it first, Ziggler? Or? I think it was definitely Ziggler, because there was blood coming down his face. And then you said, is the other guy, is Harper bleeding, too? And I think, I was like, ah, I'm not really sure about that, but then like and a then minute a or definite, so later. That was a definite point, you're like, oh... Crafty like, shit, yeah, up. he's right, yeah, like, he's actually bleeding, because I think they posted a video after the show of him getting stitches or something, I think he got a laceration on his head or something like that, but, yeah, that was a crazy way to kick off the show, so I think that was pretty sweet, so, Zigzag coming out victorious in his hometown, new Intercontinental Champion, but, uh, yeah, speaking of the blood, though, it's not often they get to see blood, so, for a first ladder match, you know, it's, it's pretty nice, especially with the PG product, they don't do blood as what they used to, but, well, I can't, uh, if, you know, if it's an accident, I guess, no, yeah, I think that was an accident, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they do it intentionally anymore, obviously, but, uh, you know, if it's an no accident. No more teeth through the nose anymore? No more teeth through the nose, yeah. I think he's referring to the, uh, to the, the, the Mick Foley Undertaker match from a couple of years ago, from 15 years ago. That was, that was pretty insane. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point again, but, uh, still, that was a pretty sweet ladder match. But, uh, up next we had the, uh, the, uh, we had the Usos versus Miz and Miz down for the tag team titles. Now, of course... I don't even remember most of this matchup personally, but of course the shining light of this matchup was the stunt double Mizdow, who you obviously proclaim was more popular with the audience than Miz himself, and that's obviously a popular sentiment. So I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit more. Mizdow is an animal. I want to see that guy do his own stuff. Like I, I feel, I'm worried about that though because I feel like if he does do his own thing, like I, you've predicted a lot that he might break off from the Miz and yeah. be his own guy. I feel like. He might lose what makes him so funny. And exactly. It's that, it's that element. But if he can find his own, if he can get his own stride, I feel like people would really like to see him come into his own. Uh, like you said, I don't remember too, too much of the match. I know that the Miz and Miz Dow kind of want him like a technicality or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. People were booing them because they didn't think that was a good ending to the match. Yeah, that was a weird finish. Yeah, the uh, Usos came out victorious via disqualification, I think it was. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... It's always just fun to watch those two go. I mean, he just looks all confused, and then he'll just run over the other side of the ring and just throw his arms up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy's golden. Yeah, he mimics everything he does. It's, it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, Miz, that was obviously the star of most of these matches that the Miz is involved in. But that's, it's, it's funny that you say that, because a lot of other people have said that, too, that he... Once those, two, once those two break up, which obviously will be coming at some point, I don't know whether it's going to be... In the near future, the next month or so, there really hasn't been a timeline on whether that's going to happen. But a lot of people have said that this is the peak of his popularity, and then it's only going to go downhill from when they break up. 
I think if they handle it well enough, and if he can continue to be entertaining after he breaks away from this, I think he can float on his own. Because he was doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Because obviously before you and I started watching, when I came to campus a couple months ago, um, he was doing his own thing for a while, and he was entertaining in his own right. But Yeah, I mean, when people say that it's the peak of the popularity, they, they mean he's on, he's... He can't go any further with the thing that he's doing. I mean, exactly. If he starts doing something else, yeah. I mean, if, if, if he keeps adapting, you know, yeah. obviously he's gonna, you know, stay relevant. But if if he can't figure out a new thing to do, then yeah, he might decline in popularity. Some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna be doing that thing anymore. Yeah, but he'll yeah, find something I mean, else to do. That'll never get old, though. No, that'll never get old. They've been doing that for I think as long as we've been watching since September, since I got here. I think they've been doing that for a while. Because yeah, because one of the first shows that we watched, remember they were doing the fucking. Uh, the fappening, mocking, remember that? The backstage shit? Yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, that was, I think that was like one of the first two shows that we watched when we came back. But uh, they've been, yeah, they've been together for a while, so hopefully they can keep it up. But, uh, that was a good time. <laughs> that was a good time, yeah. But uh, yeah, Mizda is absolutely an animal, like you said. He is golden, so I'm looking forward to what they do with, uh, with him going forward. But uh, up next, one of your favorite matches of the night, which I thought was pleasantly surprising. Um, the big show, the big guy, well, not the big guy, the big guy of Ryback's coming up, but big show versus Eric Rowan in a steel stairs match. Now, obviously, the, the, the stairs match for, you know, for regular fans and whatnot, this is a new thing. So you got to see the first ever stairs match here. Um, there's a lot of speculation going in how this is going to be handled. Like, as a, like, was it going to be something similar to a ladder match? I don't know, with stairs instead, but, uh, they just ended up hitting each other with stairs a whole bunch of times, and, uh... Which and, was... Cause that was amazing. I, could, I, I, I felt the impact every time I stare at one of those guys. I those things are huge. They did a whole tail of the tape right beforehand too with the with the weight of the uh, stairs. I didn't pay attention how accurate it was. Eighty five something. Yeah, it was weird. It was, I don't know if it was I'd probably not kilograms. That, no, I don't think it was kilograms. Yeah, only the Hulk could pick up eighty five. <laughs> yeah, tossing around like it was nothing. Exactly. But uh, yeah, that the match itself, and then the. It was the the finish of the match the that you liked the, the most. What made that that was um, that was really smart. that was what you fancy the most. I, so we'll talk about that a little bit. I I was not expecting to see such a tactical approach take, and I that was like, oh, you know, how is this going to end? They're just going to keep smacking each other with stairs. I'm like, oh, he's going to pin them with the stairs. With the stairs, while sitting and on so, the stairs. That's pretty. That's pretty smart. I actually, it's innovative. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. So. Exactly. So yeah, I, I thought it was innovative. Yeah, I think. Uh, was not a fan of Big Show winning here, but uh, at least the way, like you said, was was you, cool. You had to give credit where credit's due. I mean, I know they've been playing Big Show off as kind of a, a jerk ass the last couple weeks, yeah. Especially with all that happened in the last pay per view. Yep. Uh, but I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. That was a freaking awesome way to end a match. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anything like that done before, where he places his stairs over him and then proceeds to pin him that way. I don't even know if he pinned him. I think he was just had the stairs on top of him and then just sat on it. I don't know if that counts as a pin, but... Well, what, what he did, I think what he did was there was a divot in the stairs, and it kind of looked like this V-shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had his, like, neck on in his that V-shape, and he just he didn't pin him. He just, like... Trapped him, trapped pretty him, much. Trapped yeah. him with the stairs. Because yeah, that's where the ring post goes when they put it up against the ring. I mean, anybody could have just, like, sat, put the stairs down on him and sat on his chest, but, like, that was... Fucking would, big show, yeah. yeah. Especially Big Show, but like that was—I don't know. It just—it was really cool. I like that's all I got. It's not, it's not the most eloquent way to say, it, but it was really fucking cool. The match itself, or the or the the ending of the match, or both? Both, but especially the ending. Yeah, that was an innovative matchup. I can't say I fancied it too much myself, but I will say that I will give credit where credit is due. Like you said before, with the finish of that matchup, with uh, with Big Show winning via the the steel stairs over the neck of Eric Rowan, I thought was uh was a little interesting. Maybe Eric Rowan can finally get his uh win over Big Show at some point, so I'm going to have to wait and see. But uh, up next, we had John Cena taking on Seth Rollins for the, uh, in a tables match, where if John Cena lost here, he would lose the right to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at the next pay-per-view uh, when we come back in January at the Royal Rumble. So I thought this matchup was going to be the main event. It ended up not being. It was in the middle of the show, which is pretty cool. But uh, It was kind of like a double main event. It was yeah, a double main event, yeah, exactly. Was both, both this one and the Ambrose and Wyatt were, were pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot of speculation going into the show, which match was going to close the show, and ended up being uh, Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, this matchup, though, like I said, well, well, you just said you called it awesome, so I want to get your thoughts on uh, why exactly it was awesome, this tables match. Technically, this match ended, like, four times. It did, yes, on I mean, multiple occasions. If you, if, you want to, if you want to look at it the way that most people are going to look at it, like, they have that whole thing with the ref being knocked out. And I just think it was really impressive how long it went. Like, that would, 
Like, it was like a 25-minute match. It was an endurance fest for those guys. So, again, I mean, I, I really admire the training regiments that these guys must go on to, to be able to do something like that for 25 minutes. So, mm-hmm. huge credit there. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Well, you just said, too, how long this matchup went on, because we were... We were planning on ordering food like we do during every pay-per-view. Exactly. We did it during Night of Champions, Hell in the Cell, Survivor Series. We weren't here for last night, or on Sunday night we did it. Today's Tuesday as we're filming this. So it was like 9 o'clock, and you're saying, yeah, let's, you know, we'll find a happy meeting here. We'll order at 9.15 instead as opposed to 9.30. And I was going to wait until after the matchup ended to make the call to order the food. And, and it was just like it kept going. It kept on going. going. Well, it ended technically, but it kept going and going and going because it kept on restarting Ra- the matchup. Rollins went through the table, the ref didn't see it, and everyone was just like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, exactly. Like, and they both went the table, it was like fucking insane. And then it didn't end up en- ending until like 9.30, so that's when we ended up ordering the food. But, um, and then Roman Reigns came back. Actually, uh, Big Show. Bullshit, yeah. Out. Big Show came out, and then Reigns came out and just. Slap the shit out of Big Show. Exactly, just all fuck it. Oh, the Superman punch was last night on Raw, but I think I'm I'm sorry, it's it's finals week, and I'm just no, no, I'm thinking the same thing. I can't even remember what he did to him. I don't. Know, I think I know he cleared him out of the ring or he, something like that. He, he knocked him. He BTFO. He that yes, he absolutely did. You want to explain to the viewers what that means? Because I didn't know what that meant. Uh, BTFO. If you don't know what it means, it's uh, blowing the fuck out. So. Blowing the fuck out. There you go. There you go. And that's exactly what fit the description here. So yeah, Big Show came out. That's when the ending came in. So like you said. John Cena won at one point, put him through the table, ref wasn't looking, even though he was down at ringside, that was a little weird, they both go through the table, so they both declare victors, they restart the match again, Big Show comes out, tries to help Rollins win, Roman Reigns makes his big return, um, the crowd, he gets a nice reaction from the crowd, they love him, so he takes out Big Show, helps John Cena win, and John Cena solidifies his spot as the number one contender to the title come the next pay-per-view, so. But then last night didn't. Wasn't that kind of like null and void by what happened last night when Rollins... In the cage match? Yeah, in the cage match. I don't think so. I don't think that was on the line. They didn't really make that clear. I think John Cena and Brock Lesnar is still happening. I don't think that was ever on the line again. But uh, I think it was just on the line in that matchup at the pay-per-view. Like, it was kind of confusing. We'll probably get to that a little bit too. But uh, you thought this was a good matchup on the whole? Yeah, that was a really great matchup. Uh, again, two days later, one of the... One of the ones that really just sticks out, um, and like I said, this is finals week. There's a lot going on right now, so for me to for me to remember it as a casual two week two days later, I, I think it says something. Oh, absolutely, yeah. For better or for worse, yeah. It's definitely convoluted at points with all the different times they try to end the match and then whatever else. But the ending I thought was cool with Big Show coming out. I'm like, because you saw me, I was sitting there like, and watching oh, like. No. Fuck, like Big Show, like are you serious? Like and of all the people that can Roman come out, Roman Reigns came out, and then and Roman. Like, and I was excited, exactly, because no one saw that coming, because that wasn't advertised, so... It was it was nice how they did that. It wasn't just Roman Reigns coming out, and then just him, um, you know, him coming out, laying the fuck out of Rollins, whatever else. They had the big show coming out, I think that's what made the moment better, because you were like, oh shit, you know, he's coming out. But they made it ten times better by having Roman Reigns come out and, you know, help John Cena win, so that was pretty cool. So, um, that was that match. Up next, we had the Divas title match. We won't really talk about that, because you had to go leave to go get money real quick. I mean, it really wasn't anything special anyway. Nikki Bella uh, came out victorious, still the Divas champion, and that was that. You did come back for this matchup, though. Ryback, the big guy, not the big guy of Bane, not, not, not that big guy, a different big guy, versus the big red monster with the three-foot schlong cane. And for those that don't understand that joke, go watch Zeno Evil. We yeah, watched it for the first even, time a couple months ago. I watch Zeno Evil. You just need to know of it, yeah. It's, uh, oh, you, you can't even watch the movie because they didn't acknowledge it in the movie. It was supposed to be in the movie. Basi- what basically what it is is we heard online somewhere that uh, Vince McMahon wanted a scene in the movie <laughs> See No Evil where Kane's character had a three-foot penis. And that just strikes me as so strange. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm, I'm a pretty big horror movie fan and I can't think of any horror movie where a three-foot penis would, uh, would, be, would be at home. Well, that was the talk until for like the week because they ordered the movie for like a penny on Amazon, three ninety nine plus the penny came out to like four bucks. So it was a nice, it was a nice uh, DVD to get off Amazon, so we ended up watching it. But in the week leading up to the movie, though, we were contemplating like in what role would a three-foot penis come into play what? in a horror movie? Like, and how would that ever... I don't know, like, what... Because we watched the movie, and you're thinking to yourself, I, I could, like, where would this come in? I, I knew this... Like, when I watched the movie, I knew what scene he wanted it to be in. Like, I, oh, it would be here. But 
I just, like, what would it add other than just, like, what the fuck is going That's on? That's exactly it, yeah. It would just be so, and, like, I don't want to see that. That's, like, one of the <laughs> things I think I can proudly, I think we can all proudly go through life saying that we would not want, ever want to see Kane have a three-foot <laughs> penis in a movie. Um, but, yeah, that, I, I can't say much more of it other than what the fuck. That was, I think that's, because you got to know Vince well enough, and we're both huge Vince McMahon I, fans here, my I, friend. We're a bit disappointed he wasn't in the pay-per-view, but he was in the last one, though. But, um, yeah, that that's just kind of the, the par for the course with Vince, that he just does shit just to entertain himself. Like, I think I told you about this, but I know a couple months ago they had someone puke. And for those who know what I'm talking about, it was Vicky Guerrero. It was back in, like, June. They had her puke. Now, you can't see her, but you see the puke spewing on a Stephanie McMahon. And it really entertained, it didn't entertain my demographic, the older demographic, probably certainly not even the kids. Certainly did not entertain Stephanie. Absolutely not, exactly. Not her demographic either. But uh, the only person that it really entertained was him. So that's just kind of par for the course with him. And I mean, he says he's not out of touch, but I don't know, for a guy that's 69 years old, I guess you can expect three foot long shit from Ben McMahon, but I don't know. I guess that's kind of what he does. My but. grandfather is 69 years old, and the second he starts talking about three foot long, probably, I would be concerned. I'm probably yeah. going to put him in a home. God bless him. <laughs> I'll probably put Vince in a home once he starts uh, doing that kind of shit again. Hopefully, that's not in the near future. But thankfully, there were no three three foot schlongs in this contest between Kane and Ryback. But uh, the crowd is pretty dead for this match. I'm not really surprised. It happened late in the show. People didn't really care. They came alive for Ryback at some points, and then um, I mean, there were some cool spots. Like there was one really nice spot in the matchup where. I think Ryback was getting ready to finish him off or something. He just chucked a fucking chair in his face. Remember that? That was mm-hmm. that was sweet. And then Ryback ended up coming out victorious. But what were your thoughts in uh, in general on this matchup? Uh, I really don't remember again too much of it. Um, yeah, no, no, can't blame you. I was really just looking forward to see uh, Ambrose and Wyatt go at it because yeah. I mean, I, up, again, up until uh, they announced the Cena Rollins match, I didn't know which one it was going to be. So I was just oh crap because I. Yeah. I I am a casual. I am a, I am a filthy casual, but I <laughs> I do understand that Seth Rollins not no, Seth Rollins. I do understand that Ambrose and Wyatt are uh, the crazy uncles of the WWE. So Indeed I do there. I wanted this. I was not disappointed with that. I'll, I'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah. uh, I was I was at that point. I was just hyped up to see that, and I think at this point we had gotten our food, so I was kinda, yeah exactly I was kinda just stuffing my fat face. Yeah. Well, I think. When did we get our food? I think we got our food around like 10.15-ish, I think. Oh, no, what? we'll talk about that in a minute when we ended up getting it, but this was like right before that, because we ended up getting our food during the, the Rusev and Lana match, which we'll get to in a second with Jack Swagger, and we'll get to our fascination with Rusev and Lana in just a minute. But uh, yeah, this match was really nothing special. Like I said before, Ryback ended up picking up the win. Good win for him. People, you know, the Feed Me More chance to really into that kind of stuff, so... Good win for Ryback. Not really much more can be said about that. Up next, U.S. Championship on the line. Rusev defending against the Real American Jack Swagger. Fine matchup. Like you said, we got our food during this contest. We got the phone call. And um, we'll talk about Rusev in just a second. But I was I was very fearful. Because you mentioned before this, like, is there going to come a point? It may have been after the match. I don't know. But where you said, is there going to come a point where he eventually loses? Like, it's going to be a big is, deal. This was, well, last night that I said this. Yeah, I mean... So far, Rusev, I mean, his he has like two gimmicks in one. The, the fact that he's never lost a match, technically, yeah, and the fact that he, you know, he's got the Russian Ivan Drago. I must break your thing. Going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna. I mean, obviously, he's gonna have to lose at some point. Uh, you mentioned that they might do it at WrestleMania. I, I was thinking a, that it's gonna yeah. be a big thing. It's a big stage. But my yeah. concern is uh, what are they what are they gonna do with him when he does? I mean, he that'll sort of break that. Uh, cockiness that he has. Yeah. I mean, they could do it, I mean, but it'll take a lot, a lot of skill. I mean, it, it just depends where they go. I mean, I, I, ca- I can never tell what's coming next with uh, the company, so I mean, yeah. The, maybe the, they'll probably will surprise me. Yeah. So, yeah that, with, that's my concern about Rusev. No, that, they take him. Oh, absolutely. That's my concern, well, because I think he's really, really good and he's come a long way in such a short period of time. Because he only came to Raw and all the other shows, the, you know, the main shows, technically, is what you can say. Um, back in like April, so he hasn't really been around all that long, so he's been undefeated for maybe eight months now, but um, in that short period of time, people hate this guy, like he's been getting great reactions, stuff like that, like people, well, yeah, he's, it's the, you know, it's the anti-American the, the, thing. It's the Cold War thing, people really still on over that. Yeah, exactly, like it's simple, and it, and he's really good in that role too, and so is Lana, we'll get to her in a second, 
What does it say about Lana? She's a fox. Exactly. She is a fox, not the fox. Not that's, that's, that's an inside joke for ourselves. That is, but, uh, that is someone on our campus <laughs> who, if... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she and Lana are related or someone, because they kind of look alike a little bit. A little bit. With, maybe really. with the blonde hair? No. Maybe they're just both foxes, though. Not even in the same I, family? I, I, I'm going to be honest. Our fox blows Lana out of the water. That's true. That's true. For a Russian fox that she is, I think she's passable. But, uh... Yeah, Rusev, I think when he finally loses, it's going to be a big deal. Who it ends up being against, I think, is a big question, more so than what they do after after he ends up losing. Like, it could be, like, some people have said John Cena. Like, I could see that because they haven't really done that. And, you know, John Cena is kind of like the pro-American kind of guy. Like, you know that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I could see that, but that's going to, you know, take time. They probably probably wouldn't do it, but Lesnar would definitely do it. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that last night. Brock Lesnar versus Rusev. That could be an interesting matchup. They would have to turn one of them into a good guy. I don't know. But uh, maybe even Rusev. Some people have talked about that before, which would be interesting. Question. Does there need to be, like, a good guy, bad guy? Can it just be too... Dickbags going at it. Or does there has there always generally been just like this guy's a jerk ass. This guy's like in any other story. Usually it's always a good guy and bad guy. Like ninety percent of the time it is. Like sometimes, like sometimes on WrestleMania they'll do good guy, good guy. They'll do like they did uh, John Cena and The Rock a couple years ago, where both were good guys, even though the fans favored The Rock over John Cena. Technically, in the essence of the story, they were still technically good guys. And um, I, they could do that with bad guys. It's harder, if only because if you think about it, there's no one for the fans to technically cheer for. So they'll just be booing both guys throughout the match, and they really don't have a say in who wins. Like it's a little harder to do that. Um, like they can make him into like an anti-hero, like Rusev or Brock Lesnar for that case. Well, Rusev's just a straight hero if you're Russian. That's exactly it. Like I was telling you last night, like. If you really look at it, Rusev is not a bad guy. Like, are, th- are there many Russian fans? Do, uh, I'm sure there are in fucking Russia, yeah. <laughs> they go over to Russia and they must be getting cheered like crazy, I'm sure, you know? I'm sure Putin's tuning in every night. Yeah, because Putin, they're, you know, they're touting him every single fucking week. You know, they're like he's a god. And to them, he is. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, he never cheats. He wins all of his matches, you know, you know, just clean and whatever else. I mean, there's really nothing bad about him if you technically think about it. But, um, like, even last night when Jericho was talking, you know, they were, you know, throwing the insults and whatever, like, if, if, if you, yeah, the Sputnik thing, like, if you think about it, they weren't throwing anything back at him, like, they didn't do anything to, um, insti- instigate the assault, you know, the verbal assault on them, so it's, I don't know, if you really think about it, he's not a bad guy, but, yeah, like you said, when he eventually loses, it's gonna be a big deal, and, um, who it ends up being against, where it is, when it is, it's all gonna be a matter of time, it, it's all about aftermath, I think, if, if they follow this up properly, like, uh, like if they can continue to make him out to be a big deal, not that he just loses and then he's, like, gone, you know, um, then he could be, you know, still relevant, but, uh, yeah, like we were saying before, the matchup itself, like, we got food delivered during this match, so I'm thinking right after you said that, I'm thinking, Karma's gonna say that while I'm out going get my food, Something good's gonna happen. Something good's gonna happen. Like, he's gonna lose right now, and I'm gonna come back, and he's gonna be on the ground, the title's gonna be off, and whatever. And thankfully, that did not happen. I didn't think it was gonna happen here, but I thought they might throw us a curveball, and it did not happen. But, uh, yeah, we got our food during this matchup. Rusev won here, so that was that. And then we get to the main event. Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, tables, ladders, and chairs match. TLC matchup in the main event, which I didn't think originally would main event, but it did. So that was a great spot for them, and I think they definitely made the most of it. Um, Just a lot of... Chaos, I think, is and to sum it up in one word, chaotic, um, was this matchup. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Dean Ambrose never disappoints. He does uh, not. Hell in a Cell, uh, that was my first sort of like pay-per-view that I was sort of vested in it. Uh, I'd been following it up. I was really excited to see him and uh, Seth Rollins go at it in the cage. Also in the main <clears> event, yeah. Also in the main event. You were. It's funny because up in the days leading up to that, you were watching the DVD, and that was the first time I heard about the uh, uh, Mick Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley, the nose and the thing, the falling off the key and the yeah, nose yeah, yeah, the cell itself, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and I was asking like, oh shit, they, they, they could do that tomorrow, they, yeah. And, uh, and you're like, no, nah, no, they probably won't do that because you know he got really messed up during that. Yeah, and that I'm like, time oh, okay. And then it kind of happened when both of them fell off the cage. Did, yeah. so Dean Ambrose has has never disappointed me in terms of uh, just craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the frickin' the the one thing in this match that made me cringe was the kendo stick. When I, oh, and the eyeball, right? 
almost the eyeball. That, Talk about see no evil right oh there. That's exactly what it was. That yeah. pun sucked. <laughs> no, I was just pulling that one out of my ass. Yeah, I put it back in your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, holy crap. I mean, I, I was actually, like, legit concerned that this man had just been blinded on TV. And it looked like it, yeah. He almost got blinded a little later on. We'll get to that in a minute, but... Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, there was one really crazy... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, Ambrose was like trying to bounce off the, the the ring, and uh, Wyatt just comes around and just decks him. Oh yeah, he bounced he, off the ropes and he, he just fucking like knocked him out of the clothesline or something. That wasn't like that. that wasn't the clothesline. That was he just like his arm him. turned into a steel freaking girder. <laughs> Holy shit, that was brutal. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, and then when Ambrose went to go get like the biggest ladder he could find and just jump off, jump of it. off it through the table. That was oh. sick. Yeah. And then when they, of course, when they demolished the uh, the announcers' table, the Spanish the announced Spanish table, announced no table. less. They really, did. from my limited experience, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Survivor Series, Hell in a Cell, and now this pay per view. Yeah, those, those guys really get the goofballs. Those the Spanish announcers yeah, absolutely they, do. They, they give it to them. They get the short end of the stick every single pay per view. I feel for those guys. They better get bonuses or something, and pesos. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, it's but, terrible. Uh, <laughs> but still, that was. Speaking of not terrible though, that was a great move from uh, Ambrose doing. I think it was an elbow off the top of the. The tallest ladder they can find through the table to Bray Wyatt. Think he's going to finish off there. Bray Wyatt goes in the ring. He rolls him in the ring. He's going about to finish him off. So this is the thing, too, because, like, halfway through the matchup, we see this TV. Ambrose takes yeah, up the ta- TV. And he takes up the TV, and then he just puts it, he looks at it, and, like, he can see himself with the Jumbotron yeah. and that. And you, and you ask the logical question, though, like, that well, was... The fuck's up with the TV? Yeah. Well, where is it plugged in, too? Yeah, where is it plugged in? Yeah. Apparently it was plugged in somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, it had to be, yeah. Uh, and then he puts the TV down, and I just remember you were, like, you were just, like, so mad. That, yeah, like, it was like, you uh, thought You thought for the longest time that TV was just, like, a one-off, and it exactly, wouldn't play yeah. in it later. And it, it really didn't up until the very last second. Where, so at least they paid it off, yeah. Yeah, uh, he takes the TV, and he's trying to... It was. It must it must have been hooked up somewhere under the uh, under the ring. Yeah, Ambrose takes the TV. Wyatt's on the floor. He's you know you know holding himself. He's freaking out. Yeah, Ambrose takes the TV and he p- tugs on the wire and then he just goes ape shit on it and tugs <laughs> it. And I thought you know it might have been like an. Act, it looked act, legit. Yeah, that the pyrotechnics there were very good. Uh, yeah, but yeah. There was an explosion with the TV, and Ambrose couldn't see, and then Wyatt took advantage of it, and then just put him down. Uh, less than favorable outcome, since I I like Ambrose, but Same. it was still a fantastic match. It, you know, as they, as they say on uh, on the internet, they say, good game, GG. <laughs> GG to both competitors, indeed. GG all around. Uh, but yeah, wow, that, what, a way, what a way to uh, to close out the, the event. The event, the pay-per-view era, so to speak, of, of 2014 here on campus, or last uh, showing here on campus. While eating our food, too, which is also pretty enjoyable. You know, a nice combination there. Um, right in time for the main event. But, yeah, I thought this was a great match, and it was definitely fitting in the main event spot. Um, the Cena-Rollins thing, like we were talking about before, was a really good match. I enjoyed that. But I thought this was ten times better. I thought, like, in terms of, like, the risks they took and stuff like that, I thought they, it was really cool. They also had more uh, more stuff to work with. They, they did, exactly. Exactly. They had all the different weapons, all the different props, and like we were saying before. So they definitely had some more innovative stuff in there. The TV stuff... The kendo stick, too. I didn't know the that. Kendo I didn't stick, expect yeah. that to come out again, because I know yeah. he used that in Hell in a Cell. He did, yeah. Like you said, it's kind of like his, his, his gimmick, so to speak, his shtick, and pulling out the kendo sticks. Um, but, yeah, still, the TV thing I thought was weird, and a lot of people online were shitting on that, saying it was lame and whatever, but I didn't really have a problem with it. I mean, I guess it's better than... I don't know, it's something original, because you wouldn't think it's something that they would do. You know, like with the TV, like, I don't, I never see that, I've never seen that happen in any other form or fashion, whatever. So, I mean, it was unique, I guess, so it was what it was. But, um, still, the match itself, I thought was really, really good. I didn't really have a problem with Bray Wyatt winning, even, because if you think about it, Dean Ambrose is kind of like that underdog type and whatever else, and I think, um... You know, because at the pay-per-view that we watched, we watched, you know, Hell in a Cell a couple of months ago here on campus. He lost that match. He lost this one. And as long as he bounces back eventually, I think he's going to get that big win. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, so I didn't really have any problem with Bray Wyatt winning, but I definitely would have preferred Dean Ambrose winning this matchup, which I do assume will happen eventually. Yeah, even if he doesn't win, I mean, it does suck that he's not winning, but he just, goddamn, it's always, it's always just such a fun... Oh, absolutely. Just to, just to watch him out there. I mean... He, 
even again, it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. He just that he's out there doing his thing. That's the most the most entertaining thing. Yeah, exactly. The guy's so entertaining in everything he does on the, in the on the mic and the ring, whatever else. But uh, Rusev, Lana, and Ambrose of those three, and anyone else like uh, neg- neglected to mention, um, who would you say is your favorite of those people? Oh, definitely Ambrose. Ambrose by a large margin. Yeah. Nothing beats Ambrose. Nothing beats Ambrose. I think he's awesome. CM Punk was definitely my number one before he left earlier this year, but now that he's gone, I would have to put Ambrose in my favorite wrestler spot. But yeah, I thought that was a great way to close off the show and the show in general, the the match and whatever else. But uh, on that note, what were your general thoughts on the entire pay per view as a whole compared to the last pay per view that we watched, Hell in a Cell, and just in general? Uh, like I said, that, uh, you know, I, I am the casual, I am the scrub, who's, uh... The scrub lord, I'm the, sorry. The scrub lord, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I really don't, you know, I, I just watch it and I'm entertained and then I, you know, sometimes I'll forget about it. But the fact, I think the fact that I can remember, you know, the match, some matches, uh, two days later, especially, you know, as crazy as it's been, I've I've had, like, three projects and a final and a final tomorrow, I, gotta, I have all this shit I have to worry about the fa- that I can still remember and talk about and, you know, say how much I liked particular matches and mm-hmm. things that happened. I think that's, that says a lot. It's like, uh, yeah, it just that they stick out in my mind that much that after, you know, the pa- the short but long passage of two days has gone down. Yeah, it leaves I, I an impact. I think it speaks volumes about the uh, quality of the, ma- the matches that were there. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... Because I really do think this was more of a two, three match show, and that all the other matches I didn't think were like too awesome. I mean, they, nothing here was terrible. I didn't really get pissed at anything on the show. I thought overall, I thought it was good. But like you said, I thought the main matches delivered. I thought Cena and Rollins, the the Ziggler match, the ladder match that kicked off the show, and especially the main event. I thought all three of those matches delivered in more ways than one. So um, for that for that reason alone, I thought it was a good pay per view. Some other people didn't think so. But, um, I mean, WrestleMania's coming around the corner, so you know, they're building that point anyway. So, um, for what it was, I thought it was a really enjoyable pay-per-view. I mean, a lot of people will think it about otherwise, and if you didn't like it, that's okay. But um, I definitely thought the main event was worth it by itself. But uh, would you say this was worth the 999, as Hitler would say? That, that was worth the 999, yeah. You would think so? Absolutely. So, um, when we come back here on campus, I think it's the day that we do come back. I think it's January 25th. 2015 Royal Rumble, the road to WrestleMania begins. It's going to be a very interesting night to say the least come uh, January 25th. So that being said, Connor, Mr. Scrublore, thanks for joining me. Pleasure to be here. All right, so that's going to do it for my conversation with Connor the Casual, as I like to call him. Like we said at the end there, we'll probably do one of these podcasts again after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view because we actually come back to campus that night on January 25th. So we will be watching that pay-per-view together when we come back next month, and maybe we can do something similar where I get his thoughts in the pay-per-view. Um, so that should be fun. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of WrestleRant Radio. Not going to really get into last night's episode of Raw, even though I thought it was an entertaining episode. A lot of mixed reviews. Some people thought it was bad. Some people thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I did enjoy the episode for what it was. Maybe it's because I'm in the Christmas mood and Christmas is the nine days and whatever else. But um, I thought it was a good show. I look forward to next week's Christmas episode. And I know that's one episode of the year that a lot of people, uh, you know, make to uh, miss on purpose because it's not always the best episode. But, you know, I always enjoy it. Hulk Hogan's going to be there as Ho Ho Hogan. So um, I look forward to watching it. And I'll be talking all about that next week on WrestleRant Radio, only on NextEraWrestling.net. Um, it's going to be in podcast form for the next six six or seven weeks until we get back on campus. The Tuesday after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view might not be the night we come back. I might be going to a show that night, so it's all up in the air right now. We'll talk all about it um, next week as it gets close. That's a long ways down the pike. But um, that being said, though, also on NextGirlWrestling.net, make sure to cast your votes right now in the 2014 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards. Um, go to Week in Review. It's a drop-down menu to the Year in Review Awards. The polls are open until December, Tuesday the 30th. The winners will be announced right here on WrestleRant Radio on that night's show. So a lot of exciting stuff. Thanks to all that have already voted. And uh, make sure to check out all the archived editions of WrestleRant Radio only on NextEraWrestling.net. You can go to .weebly.com if you want, but .net is here to stay. You can check it out on the website for every episode of WrestleRant Radio dating back to October of 2013. 
But of course, for all the usual plugs, you can follow me on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Graham Juice Matthews. Make sure to give me the old thumbs up, like the page, always appreciate it. YouTube, same thing, and Bleach Report, same thing as well. And um, like I said before, really appreciate you guys checking out the show each and every Tuesday. We'll be back next week with my thoughts on Raw. Three days before Christmas, so excited for it. Actually, it's going to be two days before Christmas. It's going to be on the 23rd, so um, I don't know how we're going to do the show next week. Might squeeze something in two days before Christmas. It's going to be interesting, to say the, less, to, to say the least. But um, still, though, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the show tonight, guys. Always appreciate it. Have a great holiday season, and I'll catch you next Tuesday. Wow.